Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you to another edition of the Vitology Podcast. Ryan, welcome. Josh, it is good to be here. It's good to good to talk with you today. Yes. This is going to be this is going to be a great conversation today. I hope so. It'll be fun. I think. Yeah. We'll see if it's a great conversation. <laughs> you know, sometimes podcasts say that. And then, we have a great conversation for you. And that's because they've recorded a conversation three or four times. That's right. And they know yes. they've edited it to be great. Yes, exactly. No editing here. No. So no is... promises. We hope it's great. Live. Like the name, the study of live. live. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. You've got a nice yellow cup here i do too. yeah i'm sporting the um you know the san diego padres there you go i've heard of them yeah yeah, yeah they're they're playing okay this year it's a good they're 11 and 7 i got a series against the reds right now so there you go that good. should be a few wins good <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just teasing it just stood out in the video but mm -hmm. uh it's good to see you hey this is uh this is vitology once again um now not just the book vitology but uh the the podcast is uh, the the study of life um and uh this is vital signs for life abundant is what we talk about here when we get together and uh, and we get to do all sorts of things. But um, first of all, we're coming. This is our first time sitting down and doing it this is. after Easter. Yes. Yeah. We had a great Easter. Easter was really good. Yes. Uh, Amy, by the way, saying hi. Hi. And uh, we appreciate everybody joining in to um, to tell us you're here. And so Amy's saying hi. Great to see you amy or at least hear from you yes. hope you're doing well yes indeed and uh as always we love um comments live if you found us here on on facebook or on youtube right looks like amy found us on youtube that's awesome um then you can comment if you found us on a podcast and you're trying to comment and you know you've been hearing about that there's a reason that's because you can't you know you can't do that on a podcast yeah <laughs> you just get to listen and you don't get to interact and uh and that's okay um and we're glad you found us either way. You can send us yeah. questions at questions at efcc.org, though, yes. and we would be happy to answer any of them. That's right. That's so. right. That those uh, those questions, when you send them to questions at efcc.org, they actually just go to the two of us. Yep. And so uh, we can uh, you can ask anything. Sometimes we bring them up here, and uh, sometimes we just can respond directly, depending yeah. on how that works. All right. Well, um, yeah, so sorry. We were uh, mentioning this is the first time after Easter. After Easter, Easter was yeah. great. It was. It was a great day. Yes. Great day. Great day. Yep. It's funny. You just said great day, and I was thinking to myself, it's like a week. It is a week. <laughs> it feels, I mean, it definitely is. Yeah, There's more week. to it. Yeah. There's definitely more to it, but it's, it's really a great weekend. It is. Um, yeah. That we celebrate. Yeah. yeah. We did Good Friday services, resurrection mm -hmm. celebration, all that. So it was, and it was a wonderful weekend. Yeah, do you remember right. off the top of your head? The rough numbers. How many people came and worshipped here on that weekend? I don't know. I think it's so, uh, so over five thousand. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's so, awesome. That was great. Um, it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I think most of that is even just the adult numbers. Yeah, um, that made that number over five thousand would include kids. Kids as well. Okay. I think. I think. But well, anyway. I got to I got to preach to the kids. Yeah, so you there did. Was, yeah, then there was there was. Probably over the course, there's probably 500 kids. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. That, that's really awesome. Cool. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Really yeah. I mean, as a as a pastor, uh, you know, there's nothing better than pointing people to resurrection. Mm. I mean, it is it is the pivotal foundation or the mm. pivotal event in the foundation of the church. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, Andy Stanley, Stanley would often say that um, 
we we don't have we don't have Christianity because we have the Bible. We have the Bible because we have a resurrection and Ooh. we have a church because we have a resurrection. Ooh. And like he would point people to that event as being the watershed event in the history of the church and the reason that the church exists. Mm. So I think his point in saying that was without the resurrection, you don't have a church. And, um, and I, I would tend to agree. I mean, that is the event that shapes the, um, yeah, sort of the, I mean, the whole you would tend to agree, and I think Paul would tend to agree, right? More importantly, more right? importantly, right? Yeah. Um. So the 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 scriptures agree yes. with that as well, right? First yes. Corinthians fifteen tells us if Christ has not been raised, our faith. Okay, so not only just the church, um, yep. but our faith futile. is futile, right? Yeah, our I preaching mean, and our faith. I know. Yeah. I so. Yeah, yeah. So it was a great event, and we can talk about actually. Um, in the message this week, Paul subtly references resurrection which i think was yes, right. sort of fun to tie that into where we'd been the previous week i know you and, planned that out didn't you well if i would have planned it out <laughs> i would have been preaching first corinthians 15 on uh, easter <laughs> I, I tried you tried i know I, no, that we was we tried to move it around that. and went we ah gosh i'd love to preach first corinthians 15 at least that, start it it sounds like i mean the way you said that sounds almost like you didn't plan the first corinthians series <laughs> we did Which we did very we did. much so yeah, yeah that was definitely a conversation we just couldn't, about six months ago yeah it was and it was like do we want to do one sermon per chapter and then we could yeah, get there yeah and we've said no we thought about trying to move easter but that was harder than it looked <laughs> yeah. yes so, just can't, yes can't quite do that um although easter go. does move easter right. does move in a you probably know exactly how it moves, don't you? Do you? I do. You I actually do. <laughs> I I, someone someone asked me the other day, <laughs> and I was saying, "Well, it has something to do with you know." And then I gave up. Here's how so we get. Like, here's how, how we please. get the date of Easter. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It doesn't. Well, okay. So Easter is based on the lunar calendar. Yes. And so Easter is. Catch this. It is the, um, the first Sunday. Okay. That follows the first full moon that follows the spring equinox. So you've got spring equinox, and then you have wherever the lunar cycle is. Okay. Then the full moon. Got it. And then the Sunday after the first full moon. Okay. Is Easter Sunday. Okay. Does that now? Does that mean it's always in? Is it always in April? No. It's a, it, it can, can be. be it can be in March. And huh. I mean, theoretically, it could be March, you know, 23rd, 24th. I don't I don't know if it's been that early before. Interesting. But okay. I know we have a March 30th coming up in the next really? few years. All yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. There you go. But it it couldn't be later than um, well, what would the what would the latest it could be be? We're pretty close. We're okay. pretty close. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway. So it, that's how they get it. Someone else asked me. And so I, I said something. I, I tried. I was not close to that. I it, forgot about the equinox. Something yeah, about a full it's, moon. It's and about the, the equinox. First. Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> um, there's, uh, there are traditions that practice it the, the week after, right? The Orthodox. Correct. Or, is it Orthodox? always the week after? Yeah. It popped up my, in my calendar. Yeah. And then uh, for them, Christmas is January 6th. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There you go. The, the church calendar. 
is is an interesting story. Oh, it's fascinating, uh, all the is, history behind it and everything. That really is. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for nerding out on us. Yeah, happy to do it. I, happy to do it. I had a feeling you knew that one. And uh, I'm more ashamed that I don't. But the funny now thing you is do. you just explained it, and I don't know that I can explain it to anybody. <laughs> so I apologize. Um, oh, man. You know, I'm realizing today I'm actually over here. If you're seeing me. I'm messing with my phone because I'm realizing that I don't have my glasses on. Ah. I can't read people's comments. I usually oh, I'll read them, them for my, you. Thank you. Thank Carolyn you. is saying that Easter fell on March 23rd in 2008. That has to be as close to the earliest, earliest. data could possibly be because spring it. equinox is roughly the 21st. Okay. So then you would have to have a full moon on the 22nd okay. and then Sunday, which would have been a Saturday. Hmm. And then you would have had to have Sunday as the 23rd. So okay. that's got to be about as, as early as it could be. All right. All right. There yeah. you go. So <laughs> there you go, man. That is really. Um, you heard it here. You heard it here. So, okay. Now, um, all that was kind of, you know, you did because you did reference Easter. Yeah. Um, Easter, Easter fits. Well, in some ways, in some ways, every Sunday is, is a celebration of Easter, right? Well, it's it's why the church worships on Sunday. Yes, exactly. was because of Easter and resurrection, and they switched the day that they worshipped mm -hmm. because Jesus walked out of the grave. Mm -hmm. So I, I I opened my Easter sermon with a little bit of a joke to say, hey, even if you don't believe in the resurrection, my guess is you're grateful for it because it means that you get a two day weekend now. <laughs> like Easter changed the way we look at our week. That's right. That's like, right. Like Sunday used to be a work day. Yeah. For in the, in the Roman Empire until the church started worshiping on Sunday huh. and enough people became followers of Jesus that then they said we should probably give people the day off yeah. to go to worship um, and expanded the weekend to two days. I know. Now the question is, what can we do to get one more day? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> that oh, man. A great oh, question. man. Well, um, okay. Now, um, the reference to resurrection today or yeah. this week came in a passage that um, first, let me say, this was an incredibly well done sermon. I love Thank the you. way that, that you presented this, but yeah, but right. Yeah. It is not an easy sermon. It's not an easy sermon. It's not an easy subject. Mm -hmm. And it's one that I think, I mean, I mean, I'm excited to talk to you about today. We haven't even had the chance to debrief mm -hmm. after it. Um, and I'm sure that there's some people that walked away going, ah, I'm not sure I agree with him. And, mm. and you know, I get that. And so we can dive in and talk mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting that Paul begins a section in the letter of 1 Corinthians about sexuality mm -hmm. by talking about the body. Yeah. And um, I don't know that we would, in, in our time right now, in our day and time, necessarily start in the same manner. Mm. And so I think that there's something important there for us. I think there's something for us to wrestle with in that. And in these few verses, uh, verses 12 through nine, uh, 20 of 1 Corinthians 6, he mentions the word body eight times. Really? And that, and not sarks, not flesh. That's actually that's, in there at a different time. But that's just soma. That's soma, just yeah. like your physical yeah. body. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, uh, there's a whole lot of directions we can go, but yes, what, what do you yes. want to, what well, do you want to explore? Okay. I mean, I, I don't want to, I, I want to come back to that. I'm, I'm okay. interested to know, um, and, and we can get there as we go through. I'm not sure how to ask this, but the, 
um, what you thought people wouldn't like. Okay, now because I know there's some people on 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 I'm probably on on, on all sides. Um, yeah. One guy, I um, mean, sort of jokingly came to me. I I told him you're gonna have to be there this week. Okay, because mm-hmm. we started a conversation yeah. about sexuality, and I said, oh, you're gonna want to come this week. And he he came and he jokingly said, "Oh man, that sermon was terrible." <laughs> now, meaning that Fair it enough. was convicting yeah. um, in a good way. Yeah. Right? He said it, you know, he said it rocked him. I mean, it was like something that he really needed, is what he was saying. Um, there's going to be some of that, but do you think there's also some people that just like Christians that disagreed as well? Well, uh, so I think that we are. Um, subtle, at least uh, in some ways, um, our philosophy of our body is more Greek than it is Christian. Yeah. Okay. And by that, I mean that we would value the soul more than we value the body. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we think about the soul. Mm-hmm. We talk about the soul more than we talk about the body. Mm-hmm. And usually our discussion about our humanity starts with our soul rather than our body. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and Paul doesn't want to let us separate those two things. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to make a divide mm-hmm. between those two things. He actually wants us to view ourselves as a unified whole. Mm-hmm. And there's implications there when we start to do that. But I think we also can find it to be challenging because we often, even in Christian circles, don't think that way. Mm-hmm. Like So my, my opening point was, after a intro was that Jesus wants to save our body, not just our soul. Mm -hmm. And it was a way to try to say to our congregation, Jesus has a lot to say about our physical body. The scriptures have a lot to say about these bodies, not just that we inhabit, but that we are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the delineating Mm -hmm. um, idea is it's not just that you have a body, you, your body is an integral part of you being human. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that and that makes sense. That's that's what I thought you might be pushing into. Yes. Um. And and yet, and that that clearly came out. But I think that's that's one of the things I want to mm-hmm. I want to dive in a little bit more. So, so like even to the point where, um, if if you wound me with like a word, like mm-hmm. if you say something mm-hmm. to me that hurts my feelings, there's a part of my brain that will light up. Yeah. Right? Exactly. If I stub my toe, it's the same part of my brain that lights up. Yeah, so the physical, when you're physically wounded, it your body, your body processes it in the same way yeah. that it processes an emotional wound. Yeah. And I think we often would want to try to divide those two things, mm-hmm. but your actual physiology puts them together. Yes, yes. Yes. And so in a discussion about sexu- sexuality, that has all sorts of implications. It really does. It really You does. start pulling that thread and it's like, oh my goodness, there's so much that's attached to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so much of it that I think we find uh, not to be readily accepted. Well, I, I wouldn't just say in our culture because it wasn't readily accepted in Paul's. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it's yeah, that's that's the part of this message that struck me is how how similar um, we are, well, at least how you know some things change all the time. Sure, some things don't change, right? Yeah, or or there's some there's some commonality there. Now, um, okay, so let's let's dive into the message, um, and and we need to start by doing something right now first because you have to close your eyes right now and point to north. Okay, go go, quick. 
All right. He got pretty close. Good. Am I close? <laughs> yes. Yes, you did. Let's see. I actually, I, I have the app and, uh, and look at oh, you are, you're <laughs> right on. He's dialed in. Okay, good. Um, I, he had everybody do that in the sermon if you weren't there. And so I just want to put you on the spot now. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, now, um, cause, cause this, this is, we live in a society that points all over the place. That was sort this, of the idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and not everybody can be right about what's what's north, right? I love how you said if you know if you're going to argue with me, you know you're going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Got a compass right here. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and yet our world doesn't see this like a compass issue. No, we don't. We see it <clears throat> like a like a like a flavor issue, right? Yep. Like I like chocolate more than vanilla. And I do right? think there's genuine. Um, pushback or at least uh it can be debated why is that why why do you take that compass that compass is reading to be true right Mm. and that's where i think paul actually starts to hit on some things where you where he goes okay well let's talk about why Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a there's a, a book written a number of years ago about um abuse and it's called um the body keeps the score And it's about the way that your body actually, well, keeps score, keeps track and, 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 and captures the wounds that have happened to you. And so our bodies are, are pretty Mm. intricate, interesting, um, and part of a unified whole, not just, uh, we are not just the sum of connected parts. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's where I would say, I think the science is backing up what Uh the Apostle Paul Uh says. I think the statistics about brokenness. um, Ooh, Gwen Field just said, fantastic book. Right on. All right, Gwen. Yeah. You're going to, yeah, you're going to have to take my word for it. There it is. Yes, there it is. Yeah. Um, And so I I, I think that if we start to look at the objective evidence, and what we're going to see is, well, the Apostle Paul is right. The scriptures are right. Mm -hmm. And that the that there is a pathway to flourish with our sexuality and um and i would say that the scripture's pathway is is true north Mm -hmm. and i think that's being validated in a myriad of different ways Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so 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 um because it's true north and i mean this is where this is why this is so important to us um so tell us where, where'd you go with it next? Yeah. So we talked about sort of how we got to the place where we are uh, right now uh-huh. in the pointing of different ways. And I wanted to suggest to our people um, that it didn't start in the 1960s with yeah. the sexual revolution. Yeah, that's... It actually started at the fall. It started mm-hmm. way before the 1960s. And um, and so that's an important piece for me because I, I, I often hear Jesus followers in our day, in our time, uh, sort of talking about it's never been this bad before. Yes. It's never, we have never seen this type of um, immorality or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what Bible you're reading, like, yeah. but, or history books, like mm-hmm. it has. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that we're in a good spot. No. Um, and it's not to um, in any way, shape or form sort of try to, um, yeah, suggest that we're better than we are. We're not. It's not a comparison no, game, no. but it's also, I don't think it's time for gloom and doom either. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I believe that we've seen the church flourish in situations not all that dissimilar. Mm-hmm. And 
one of the things about the early church, one of the calling cards of the early church was a, a sexual fidelity that ran contrary to its cultural moment. And that has been true of the church ever since it was that's formed. Right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's why this is so important. That's why this is such a big deal because actually, I mean, in some ways, the way that the way that our society is, the way that the society was then, when mm-hmm. that Paul is writing to in Corinth, is is a natural consequence of the fall. I mean, this is yeah. what it just is what you one would do if if they wanted to to be the one making the decisions, right? Totally. Um, if they wanted to believe that all we are are these physical bodies. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. And and yeah, that, that's one of the things I loved about this is what you're saying is that it's it's not it's not just an either or, it's more. It's yeah. We're more than just our bodies. Yes. Right? But not less. Definitely not less. No. No. And so that's that's one of the things that that stood out to me. In our world, we we place um, sexuality as just physical. You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they, that's songs are about that, right? That, yep. that, you know, that's all we are. Um, and we're, ju- you know, just like the animals, the animals are, are physical. It's like these desires that are just, um, just natural. And yes, there's a part of that, that, that is true. Mm-hmm. But in the church, what we're saying is that sexuality is so much more than that. It's more than that. It's more valuable than that. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not less. I mean, it is physical, Yeah. but there's. And I love it. You go into it like an emotional yeah. and spiritual yeah. side of, of there there it's it's definitely not less than physical, but it's certainly more. And that there's a beauty that's there and yeah. a depth that's there that I think when we don't honor that, we dehumanize ourselves mm-hmm. and others. Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's what Paul means in verse 18, where he says that a sexual other sins you commit outside of your body, sexual sin you commit to your own body. And I think there's a way we can operate with our sexuality that dehumanizes us Mm -hmm. and um, meaning devalues us Mm -hmm. and, and really doesn't honor the Imago day that every single person carries. Yeah. Now, and this is where you, I mean, you kind of not blaming, um, but you, you, you said that our, our view of sexuality is a little bit more blamed on Plato Mm -hmm. (laughs) or it comes out of that stream. Now, Mm -hmm. And interestingly, okay, that that idea, right, was the 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 separation, a strict separation, in a sense, from a from a physical body yeah. and a soul. And what really matters is the soul. Yeah. Now, interestingly, that that can lead to an extreme on both sides of the physical. Yeah. Right. People that only care about the soul can be completely like hedonistic with their bodies. Yep. Because the the body doesn't matter. Right. Because all that matters is the soul. Yeah. Um, or they can also be, you know, like whatever, completely prudent about their bodies. Right. Yeah. And and say, I, we can't do anything. We can't give our bodies anything. Right. It's sort of like that sadomasochistic That's attitude. Right. right? And right. and I think you, we've seen expressions of that throughout history. Mm-hmm. Both sides. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Both sides. And that the second, the sadomasochistic masochistic type of an attitude would go more in line with that view of dualism that was um more like a stoic than epicurean yeah right exactly That's and exactly. so the the stoics uh would 
um, or the would try to deprive themselves mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. almost punish that. And that's where the idea of um, soma as body, physical body versus sarks as flesh. flesh so yeah. some some sometimes you read in the scripture that the mm -hmm. battle against the flesh and the spirit mm -hmm. and that there is this idea that the flesh oftentimes wants things yeah. that go contrary to what uh, what abundant life would where abundant life would lead. Mm -hmm. And there is that tension that we have to navigate and live in as Jesus followers. Mm -hmm. There's a war that we're invited to, but never do you read that, that the Soma yeah. is evil or yeah. bad. Yeah. Right. And so Christians want to engage that tension and say, no, it's not, it's not just for pleasure, but there is pleasure mm -hmm. and no, we don't only need to deny ourselves, but there are things that we need to deny yep. that will lead us down a wrong road. And somehow we want to engage that pathway that I would call the kingdom that would allow us to live in yep. these bodies and experience the joy that Jesus has for us saying yes to all the things that he wants us to say yes to in the way that he wants mm -hmm. us to say yes to them so that we can experience the joy that he has for That's us. Right. That's right. Yeah. And that, Okay, that right there uh, is why the NIV, at least the older version, I'm not, I can't remember if the, if the modern NIV has this or not, but they they changed flesh to sinful nature. Sinful nature. And I believe they kept that. I think they did. I think they did. There's a few times. Love to ask Mark this. Exactly. This I know. Week. It's right. Yeah. Because as you said, I think Mark wrote the. <laughs> Mark wrote the Bible. He wrote so the Bible. I ask him. Um, no, yeah. He was a big part of translating the the, the 2011 version of the NIV. Now, um, and they, they kept that. They changed the word for um, sarks for flesh to a bit more of a conceptual idea of yeah. of the sinful nature, which is which is actually super helpful in a lot of places. Sometimes not. Right. Um. That's the that's the problem. And same thing though is true that that sarks that flesh is sometimes helpful and sometimes not. Yes. Because because of what you're saying that yes. we can assume that flesh means our our body. Yes. And it doesn't really mean that. Um. And so that's that's where we can kind of get into a into this idea that the that the flesh is bad. Correct. That our body is bad. That's the key. And it's not. It's not. It's um, not. In fact, um, Paul uses the word sarks in in quoting Genesis two twenty four. The two shall become one sarks. Ah, uh, yes. And not one soma. Yeah. Which is really the, yeah, there's an interesting. interesting. Uh, he's he's sort of doing this dance there, I yeah. think, be and, and almost a play on words uh -huh. that um, that my guess is too. That's how they the translate of the Septuagint would be that it would Got be Sarks there as well. Yeah, in Genesis two twenty four. Yeah, so, so this is where context and all this is so very important. Yeah, um, and uh, and yet this is this is what this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a world that and 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 let me say world. I'm sorry. Uh, especially a Christian culture that has has separated those in in some in potentially some dangerous ways. Sure, right? I think so. It, yeah, and so it's it can be easy to sort of point out ways that this type of view shows up in secular mm -hmm. culture. It also shows up in Christian culture. Mm -hmm. I think the place it shows up in Christian culture is exactly what Paul says mm -hmm. about. Um, God's just going to destroy them both. Yeah, that's right. No big deal. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, doesn't matter what you do with your body. Um, it's God's going it's to, it's your soul that really matters. Mm -hmm. And there's different pathways that we can go down when we believe that. But really, 
we want to quote unquote save souls and who cares what happens to the body. Yeah. And, um, and I'm, I'm all about people's souls being saved, but I want to remind people that the ultimate destination of that soul is as an embodied yeah. soul. Yeah. Um, and that the scriptures are very clear that not only does the body matter for all of eternity, but it mm -hmm. matters now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, that's a good word. And it seems to me that Jesus didn't, um, delineate as much as maybe we do between caring for souls and caring for bodies. He seemed to view people as integrated yes. wholes. Yes. Yeah. In fact, that, that's one of the surprising things that I remember learning uh, in, in a lot of language studies, um, especially Hebrew studies, but, but in theological circles of, in seminary, they would say that, that uh, the, the Hebrew mindset, okay, which were the scriptures, all the scriptures were really written in a Hebrew mindset, yeah. although they were written in the language of, of Greek. We can't we can't impute like Greek thinking to those words just because they're using the same words that Plato used. Okay, Plato wrote in in, uh, in Greek as well. Um, they're still kind of thinking in a Hebrew mindset, and right. and they're they're really more like like um, monists in a sense. Okay, they like there's one substance. So they'll say they'll say a. a like a mind, body, and soul, yep. right? Spirit, body, and soul. Sometimes it kind of, um, they'll say three things because three is an important number and all that. Um, but they're really meaning one. Yeah. They it's are. just like saying, this is all of you. Mm -hmm. This is all the of you. The whole so person. We don't, you know, and, and some people will get into distinctions about what the spirit is versus the soul and all these things. And yet I don't know that that was the intention of those authors to separate those all the time. It's certainly not as clear of a dis of a distinction as we would like to make it. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I think yeah. there's some blurriness. There there's some those lines are blurred in the scriptures a yep. little bit more so than yeah. maybe we would want them to be. Yeah. If we were writing a systematic. Yeah. But but <laughs> the point one of the points is that um, you know, we talk about dualism, but in the scripture you could talk about like Tryism or, yeah. or even yeah. quarism or something at times. Um, if you really took all of those, I guess literally is the right word, but you know, if you really tried to mm -hmm. to to dive into each one, and I don't think that's what anyone's saying. Right. You know, yeah. So when when this when the scriptures talk about all those things, and even I think what you're saying is what talks about the soul and the body. Um, it's really talking about the person, the person and, you know, the debate, if there ever is a soul <laughs> apart from a body, um, which, you know, there is, it's a temporary state. It, it is, is not a, it is, it is not a permanent correct state. It will not be that way yeah. for and very that's, long. That's in, Paul's point. Yeah. In verse 14. Mm -hmm. God raised the Lord and he will raise us up by his power. Mm -hmm. So in a, in a discussion about the prominence of the body, Paul just slips this line in and, oh, by the way, you're going to be resurrected. And so the body's not just important for these, you know, 80, 90, 100 years, whatever, however long you have breath on this mm -hmm. earth round one, but it's actually, it is, you are going to be embodied mm -hmm. for eternity. Yeah. That's a mind-blowing concept it totally is it like god totally is so is. fond of his creation in the body that he's not giving up on it yep yep like yeah that. and yeah this and somehow even and not just i mean you're a, a body <laughs> um has to live in a physical place and so 
he's he hasn't given up on all of creation a material a the material, material world right? yeah because that that's the other side of this you hear people talk about how like the, the world is the earth is going to burn anyway well yeah i think we could read that same idea yeah. of um god will destroy both one and the other i know as like, you could say that about the earth too right yeah yeah and 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 the scriptures to be fair to be fair the scriptures do say that god will destroy the earth by fire um destroy it it's really remake and yes. renew yes because he will destroy the earth by fire the same way that he destroyed yeah. the flood yeah uh destroyed the world with a flood mm -hmm. and um last time i checked that's the same world that we live in now exactly so exactly. that that same type of renewal yes. and reset in a sense mm -hmm. is what will come mm -hmm. but that's it's he's not giving up on it yeah that's a good way to look at it is reset yeah it's a, a, a do-over <laughs> like, <laughs> like here's what i intended yeah. it to be earth, yeah earth 2.0 or are we in 2.0 now and i guess we're moving be, toward 3.0 i get it okay okay yeah there you go uh -huh. So I think the, one of the points that I wanted to make um, was this idea of being an integrated whole. And I read a Nancy Piercy quote, her yeah. book, Love Thy Body, is, um, I think, a, 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 great, uh, a great explanation of what it means to be an embodied person. Mm. And she said, Christianity holds that body and soul together form an integrated unity, that the human being is an embodied soul. By contrast, personhood theory, which is a, a philosophy, a, sort of a secular humanist philosophy, mm -hmm. entails two-level dualism that sets body against the person. Mm -hmm. So that the person is something other than different or even in opposition to mm -hmm. their body. As though they were two separate things merely stuck together. Mm -hmm. As a result, it demeans the body as extrinsic to the person, something inferior that can be used solely for pragmatic purposes. And so, all right, I'm going to get into some dicey waters here. Okay, come on. I didn't go there Sunday explicitly, but I think like it, it's not too big of a leap to go there. This is but, a safe place, Ryan. Are yeah. we safe here? Yes. Yes. Okay. But I, I think the the transgender movement yeah. in our time is exactly that quote mm. sort of repackaged for 2022. Oh, it is so true. Um, that two level dualism that sets the body against the yeah. person or the soul or the body against the real me. Yes. And so on a philosophical level, Christianity would say, no. You are an embodied soul. That that those are not things that you can separate and yeah. look at as individual parts that make up a whole. That it doesn't. You you as being human doesn't work that way. Yeah. So you're talking about the phenomenon of people who will um, who will say, "My body is this is this uh, type, right? Is my body was um, is." Uh, as, I don't know if they, do they say male? Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So my body is male, but yeah. the real me is a female yeah. or something like that. So yeah. they, they have this idea that because they don't feel right in their body, they, or they want to, or whatever that is that has gone on in them to, to decide that, that, that the real them is something outside of. Correct. And somehow opposition. we've decided that that real you inside somewhere is more you yeah. than the body. Yep. And 
Um, I'm not sure how that distinction got made, mm. but I know that uh, Plato would go, yeah. Yeah. But Paul would go, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. That we believe that you are, as a human being, mm. are an integrated whole, not the sum of connected parts. Interesting. You know, the, just to interest, uh, Aristotle would say no way. Really? Yeah. Aristotle would, they, they completely disagreed on that point right there. Did they? Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought that through. Um, yeah, Aristotle would have no category for that. Like, didn't write about it or so explore that the idea. Soul, the soul is, um, is a. Uh, oh man, for Aristotle, it was a, it was the. You're more than the sum of your parts. So yeah. So so when you come together, you're something more. Um, like a okay. Here's hmm. here's the way that that they talk about it like a motorcycle, you can have different parts of the motorcycle. You have the wheel and the carburetor and all that stuff. Right. Um, all those things have value in and of themselves, but you put them all together and they become a motorcycle. motorcycle right. So now you are physical pieces of us. There's, there's pieces of us. I mean, you know, we could be broken down. Right. But when we're broken down, we're, you're, you're not Ryan. But when you come together as you, that's where that's you, in a sense you take on the soul. So um, the the they were they were kind of polar opposites in that view. Um, and that's fascinating. I, I hadn't thought about how that works. In fact, oh man, and, and and what it does though, and it shows it shows how intricately connected we are to the body. Yeah. And there's actually some Christians that that um, really buy into that. They that's how they see humanity. Now, yeah, and salvation. And salvation. Even. So much so, and this gets this talk about dicey now theologically. Um, they will say that there there is no such thing as a soul. Mm. There's a there is a professor at there's a professor at, at Fuller Seminary. This is my seminary that I went to, and her name is Nancy also, Nancy Murphy. Making sure I'm not saying per yeah, Percy is the one you quoted. Yeah, Nancy Murphy, she is a Christian physicalist. So she really? says that same thing, that same thing yep. that, that there, you have a soul. Uh -huh. It's just, it's just not separate from your from body. Your body. Uh, there's all sorts of problems with that. Okay. Yeah. Let me be clear, very clear. Um, but, I don't, I don't buy into that. Um, I think it's, but what it shows though, if nothing else, it shows that so much of who we are is tied to this physical thing. Yes. You know that this and 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 it will be in the future as well. Yes. That's that's Paul's point that's, in verse 14. And and see it seems like it's even so much so that it will kind of look like you, right? It, that it seems like Jesus looked like exactly. him. Exactly. Um to a certain oh, extent, that's right? So, that's so wild. To a certain yes. extent. Yes. Like you touch my scars, mm -hmm. put your hand on mm -hmm. my side, and yet people didn't recognize him on yeah. the road to Emmaus. Yeah. So I mean, we'll all have but, six packs, right? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That uh, that's, that's really that's that, wild. it is. It is. That's and cool. I was okay. when I first topic, when I was first studying this, this section, I was actually I mean, I fist pumped when I saw that Paul referenced the resurrection. Yes. I just went I, I don't know why I never saw that before yeah. in studying first Corinthians six, but the point he's making about the body that yep. he puts an exclamation point on it by yeah. pointing to resurrection. God raised his body. He will raise yours by his power. Yep. Like, wow, that is, yeah, that's, that's remarkable. Yeah.
that's remarkable. Yeah. yeah. And, and yet, and you point out that's such a key part of, of what we believe, what we've always believed, even the Apostles' Creed yep. makes that very clear. I believe in the resurrection of the body. Yep. Um, and yet, I, I mean, I got to admit, growing up, that was not my picture of heaven. Yeah, mine either. Mine either. Not at all. And uh, it was disembodied spirits exactly, for me. Exactly. Um, now, um, it does seem down this okay, a bit more, I don't know if this is speculation, whatever. So Jesus walked through walls. He seemed to like transport and like teleport and all this. Like there seems like cool stuff that can go There's on. There's definitely cool stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's it's bodies and more than. Yeah. Yeah. But not less. Not less. Yeah. Huh. So cool. So cool. So, um, all right. So there's, yeah. Uh, let me see. There was one, um, there was one part that, okay, this part caught me off guard too. Okay. It was the resurrection of the body. I went, wow. And then I have never read the idea of our body being a temple of the Holy Spirit in the same way. After doing this whole study on okay. the prominence of the body. Yeah. And like the body is so important and don't, um, don't dehumanize yourself by using your body like an animal rather than yeah. like a human being, all these things. And then Paul in, in, in a bit of a plot twist or like a, didn't see that coming for me moment, or do you not know that your body, your soma, like hmm. physical body is a temple of the Holy spirit within you, whom you have from God. Mm. Like that, that's the crescendo mm -hmm. on this the the importance and prominence of the body you and i, yeah. I quoted effie meyer mm. i love this quote we are custodians of the divine residence let us be very careful that there be nothing to offend or trouble the celestial inmate like uh, the celestial inmate that lives in your body that's interesting yeah you know because I, I gotta admit i think yeah i always thought about that being like this you know, this soul thing that I know your soul. I know. I don't, I think, oh, I man. think we should read that more literally than we do. Oh, cause he could have said that it's at your, your suke, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he could have said that hmm. he did not He said the spirit lives in your soma. Whoa. Okay. That's cool. I, I know. So I feel, I felt like, all right, I'm just, scratching the surface of what hmm. I think this means. But I think there's, I think there's um, work that people could do in that exploring that idea and probably have to be fair. Um, but like PhD level, like how, like, how can we explore this idea medically, DNA yeah. wise, biologically, huh. like how, how could we explore that reality yeah. in with science, wow. not just, theology not just yeah and and not just um spirituality yeah that, that that is explored quite a lot in in spiritual formation no doubt right no doubt of you know um oh man one of my favorite oh um one of my favorite kind of ways of talking about praying um of healing in particular mm -hmm. this was dallas willard okay it's prayer is it was his book hearing god hearing god thank you thank yeah you. hearing god um, he talks about he talks about visualizing the sickness yeah. in a person. I don't know yeah. if you remember this. He he talks about like praying for like it, you know when you're praying for someone's back, 
visualizing where that is yep. and praying for that location on a person. I've, yeah. I've never, I'd never thought about that before, yeah. but it's, I got to tell you, every time I pray, I ever pray for you in healing. That's where I'm, I'm visualizing that, mm-hmm. um, trying to visualize what is going on in a body yeah. because of that. Um, and I just thought, so that's where people are dealing with that. Have, you know, whether it's postures in prayer, um, whether it's fasting, because mm-hmm. that is a, you know, neglecting, um, what your, your body needs to function, all those kind of things. Right. Or at least temporarily. Right. Um, yeah. you know, that's, that's been done. And yet uh, there's not much talk about that in the scientific world. No. Or no. at least if it is, it's done on fringes. Yeah. And yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, anyway, so I think it'd be fun to explore. Yeah. And it's, you know, in fact, it, it relates, uh, someone sent me, and I don't know if, I don't know if this was just coincidental. Someone sent me an FB Meyer quote. No way. Um, it, and it was this, I mean, it was this morning and I thought, oh my goodness, that actually fits really well. Um, F. Meyer said this, generally speaking, the soul and body fare inversely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they're still a connection, but the, they, they, they're in, there's an inverse relationship. More or less, generally speaking, it says, when the body is pampered with every luxury, the soul starves. Ooh, interesting. I thought that was, I mean, I was like, F.B. Meyer, what in the world? Yeah. He's coming up twice. Yeah. And, and in, in other words, the, the, the way that we treat our body can affect our soul. And oftentimes it's the opposite. No doubt. Like when with, when <clears throat> it's give ourselves too much luxury. And here, I mean, when we eat, terrible food <laughs> or we overeat or whatever that is over drink yeah it can hurt our soul yes right yeah There's and paul's point is connection or what yeah, you do with your with body sexually body. that's exactly right yeah mm. hmm. wow yeah so anyway we all need to read more fb meyer apparently. i guess that's that's uh, one of the takeaways isn't it i know that's one of the takeaways okay where were we here so so i, I think that's we're pretty much wrapping up but yeah. you know um, I think Paul's, Paul's last line, um, you weren't, you're not your own, you're bought at a price. So that to me answers the question of why should I trust? So sort of back to this idea of why should we trust Jesus as true North? Yeah. I would point to the cross and resurrection hmm. that that to me is why Jesus, for lack of a better term, quote unquote, earns the right hmm. to be to determine true north and to point it out and to say, this is the design he's proven his love. He's proven his power. Mm. He's proven that he's a creator by conquering sin, death in the grave mm-hmm. and redeeming us. You were bought at a price. So Paul says point, what's my point and all of it, glorify God with your body, so much. with your body. Mm. And he ends it sort of where he started in talking about these slogans and ideas about what we do with our body. He ends it with a plea, glorify God in your body. Mm. So I, I thought, you know, it's a huge challenge. And I'm just trying to put myself back in the Corinthians church, right? Like mm-hmm. we, they had people that we're coming out of this secular world that where prostitution was so normal, so normal. And I, I made a joke to, in on Sunday where I said, um, you know, I think Paul's asking a rhetorical question, but he actually answers it just so that the Corinthians can't jump in and answer it before he does with, should I, shall I then 
take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute. Like, yeah. uh, being a follower of Jesus, can I still go to a prostitute? And he he answers it never, never. because he, who knows what they're gonna say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're, but it's not a knock on them. It's just a recognition of that was the way that their culture functioned. It was very, very normal. Yeah. And anyway. Well, interesting that that it, he's taking a culture that used um, sexuality. Uh, sexuality was a form of spirituality in a sense, mm -hmm. right? So, so honoring in some weird way, honoring the deity yeah. they were worshiping involved going to a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to, you know, to a certain extent, I think we've kind of placed sexuality, we, our, our culture, um, not the church necessarily, um, I think it gets, bleeds into it, but the, this, the culture has placed, um, sexuality as a, in a place of close to spirituality. Mm -hmm. In fact, I mean, it is one of the most spiritual things a lot of people engage in Yeah, because oh. it's the closest connection to it. No doubt. You can, you know, so there is something that is, I mean, that is actually spiritual going on there. I would say Aphrodite, worship of Aphrodite is alive and well. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's right. That's true. Oh, interesting. And so here he's saying now, okay, no, there's a, I mean, in, in some sense, I, I want you to keep worshiping with your body, but now there's a different way of yes. doing it. You know? Yes. Huh. Wow. That's a great point. I, I like that. Hmm, let's, hmm. that. Let's end with that. that was okay. Good. Okay, that man. <laughs> wow. Well, and you know, oh my goodness. Well, one of the things you, you were very clear on that I do want to say, we're going to, um, this brings up a lot of issues Tons. and, and, um, and none of us are, are unscarred by, yeah. by sexual sin, by, um, the, our world's treatment of this stuff. Um, every single one of us has has issues that we deal with. And so um, one of the reasons why we gather as a church is to help people uh, in their time of need. Um, yeah. That was an issue then. It's an issue now. Um, back then, they needed guidance on it. They needed, you know, preaching on it. They need teaching on this. We do, too. And, um, and at times you need it in a personal way. And so I just want to let you know, um, reach out. Absolutely. If you're, if you're out there and you just need help in this particular issue, whatever it is, um, it's going to be unique to you. Then um, we want to let you know we're here for you. There's there's all, there's resources we can point you to, and uh, we'd love to help. Amen to that. Yeah, it was important for me to open our time yeah. in this subject by saying there's space. There's space here for people that this is a challenging, triggering, yeah. um, maddening, disappointing, whatever. Um, there's space for you here. Yeah. And um, reiterate yeah, you're that. definitely not alone. Yep. You're definitely not alone. Yep. So in, in fact, resources are abundant, but you brought a, you brought one that a book that is a great resource. I brought a, I brought a book I've already brought. Yes. Yeah. We're um, going to rebrought, bring gonna, a book. I'm so just Ryan rebrought a book. Yeah. We'll get our no sign, sign working again. But this is a book I brought a few mm -hmm. months ago, probably yeah, yeah. Uh, when I first finished it. It's called Embodied by Preston Sprinkle. And um, I think it is a phenomenal resource on the, well, the subtitle is Transgender Identities, the Church, and What the Bible Has to Say. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it's part science, part theology, part sociology. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, I think it's a really 
great read. So highly recommend it if you're interested. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, not only does it connect on the, I mean, cause it's about sexuality in general, but um, it's, it's really, I wouldn't say it's fighting. It's, it, man, it's such a compassionate writer. Yeah. Really, really um, good. So it's not, I don't want to say it's, and you know, it's not antagonistic against, this necessarily but it's it's a correction mm-hmm. on the dualism that creates the identity that's different than a body yes that's that's a, a way i would say and if you're struggling with that i i mean i would recommend preston so um i wouldn't recommend all some christian authors can be um they can be correct but they can be jerks about it <laughs> okay yeah. um yeah. he's not he's not he's not yeah so. The other book I referenced is called The Body Keeps the Score. Um, and uh, I think in a different way, it's a, mm. a great read for those who um, have walked through abuse and um, want resources on sort of how to, how to start working through that. Mm. Um, let me find who that's by if, in case you're interested. Let me pull it up. By, um, yeah. Uh, Bessel Vander Kolk. <laughs> How's that? I'm not gonna. Try yeah, to just write that. just write that. Yeah, <laughs> body keeps the score. Yeah. yeah. You also reference love thy. Oh, love thy body, body by, right? Nancy, by Nancy Nancy Piercy. Nancy Piercy. Yep. Okay. Which that's a that that's not an easy read. Um, love it? thy body. It's she's a. Um, She'll shoot high in regards to the scholastic and the research and, but, um, really, really good, really good. Hmm. So that's great. There you go. That's great. Well, Ryan, um, I appreciate it. Can you give us an idea of where we're going in the next, uh, next couple of weeks? Yeah. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about divorce. We're going to talk about, um, uh, marriage again. We're going to talk about singleness Yes, and I'm really excited. Yes. Really excited. We're, uh, yeah, this is such a, it's such an important topic. Um, so many people in our world are, are, um, either, uh, they're being, they're single longer. Okay. Yep. That's a whole discussion we can talk about. So people are remaining single. They're not getting married as mm-hmm. early. Um, a lot more people are living as single, whether that's chosen or accidental just yep. because they haven't found somebody. Um, a lot of people are re-single. Yeah. Right. So they've been married and they are now single yes. or widowed or, you know, widow or all those things. Um, and so there's a lot of singles in our world. And we we tend to do most of our preaching, teaching toward married couples in a sense. And not to say that's the ideal, but um, for some reason, that's the way that it's been presented. So we have a seminar coming up uh, May 18, I believe, or the closest Wednesday to May 18. Um, <laughs> I believe that's yeah, the that date. sounds right. That's right. Yeah, okay. That's right. Um, and, uh, and it's going to be the theology of singleness. Getting uh, Dr. Matt Jensen, uh, professor at, at, uh, Biola university, uh, is coming in. And I can't he's wait. Done some, done some great research. I can't wait. I'm, I'm really, really grateful that we're pushing into that because like you said that it's an under resourced topic in the church in general. Yeah. And, um, gosh, I just, if if Jesus wouldn't feel comfortable at our church, I think we've got in, we've got issues, right? Yep. yep. So um, <laughs> if Jesus yeah. is like, and all the sermons are about married people, <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't find myself in any of these. <laughs> all the small groups are for couples, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, 
He's like, I'm a 33-year-old single man. Where do I fit in? And we're like, oh, you're going to have to go to a different church. He's like, I'm Jesus. <laughs> anyway. Ouch. We should have ended that where you ended us that first time. Not there. <laughs> no, no. Well, um, that is our heart, though, right? I mean, is, that is that's that our, is. our passion is that every single person would feel welcome, not only in our church, but by Jesus followers in general, and that um, they could find their place and find their people and places where they're known, valued, and loved. Yep. Yep. So, yep. There. So, well, that's coming up. And uh, uh, Mark Strauss this weekend. Yes. So, um, can't wait. Come on. Come on out Sunday. All right, everybody. Uh, may you, may you live in the life abundant that, uh, that Jesus came to give us. God bless everybody. God bless.